This is An Open Invitation, a podcast where Liana and Shiva discuss the possibilities and permutations of life today. Nowadays, it's more towards how to be more like positive and uh, try to like radiate that kind of energy and like get more people <laughs> influenced also. For the first season, we talked to the youths in Singapore and so we invite you to connect with their stories. Yeah, then you will know that it's possible. I think the first thing you need to change is your mindset lah, that it's not possible. Mm. Yeah, because like, it definitely is. We hope that through this, you might understand yourself better and even find that you share similar narratives to those around you. In this episode, we invited Kit, who is an ambitious but very much grounded final year NUS Life Sciences student. Currently, she is applying to do a PhD to study health behaviour in hopes of bringing herself closer to her life mission of helping people to live their best lives. Through this conversation, we also get a view of how Kit manages her perfectionist tendencies. How do you approach um, finding jobs? Because, you know, there are many many avenues to do that nowadays. They're linked in, yeah. they use networks, connections. Mm. So, like, I will... I think it depends on the company. So, mm-hmm. for example, now like I'm looking at IQVIA. You, okay. you know, yeah. So, like, I'm talking to... As in, while I have already applied, like, through their portal, which I found... As in, I found the jobs on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. But they do, like, post it on the NUS portal also. Okay. Yeah, then, like, apart from that, I also <laughs> asked Chiang Kai mm. for, like, a contact who is working there. And then I'm, like, speaking to her now to just understand more about her experience yeah. and then like more about the job and whether like I'm a good fit mm. yeah depending on whether she's like very nice I might ask her to refer me but like I'm yeah. not sure yeah. yeah so I think it, it's kind of like a mix so like for the I think for healthcare management you don't really need somebody to refer you mm. yeah like your resume if you're good should be enough as in for me I feel like it should be enough then for research wise of course I think you need to approach the prof la. yeah yeah so it depends on like the job law mm. mm. yeah i see i see um could you just briefly tell us what you're applying for in your phd mm, okay so i am applying for a phd in health behavior okay. specifically studying health behavior la. so like it could be under like it could be titled like phd in public health like you know that's the official title but then like okay. the as in the field that I'm interested in is health behaviour. So probably specifically like uh, physical activity and diet. Mm. Yeah, like what are the barriers that people face when they're trying to, you know, embark on healthy habits and mm. things like that. Yeah, so I'm interested in, I guess more of like the social uh, determinants of mm. health like aspect of it. And I don't think it's very widely um, discussed in Singapore yet. We're still very, very quantitative. And a lot of things about behaviour, of course, is qualitative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I hope to bring like more of that into our like healthcare system. Health system, not healthcare. Mm. Yeah, health systems like in the future. Lah. Mm. Yeah, so I'm applying both at the NUS Sorcery Health School of Public Health mm. as well as the NTU Lee Kong Chin School of Medicine. Mm. Yeah, under like different PIs. Lah. I see. Mm. But is it something that you really enjoy doing or you find importance in? Because we read your blog mm. and okay. it's almost like <laughs> you're really trying to find systems in things that are more qualitative, you know, mm. like emotions. Um, um, I guess like how you feel about things and then you try to break it down for people to make them make it understand make it easier for them to understand mm-hmm. it is it something that you feel passionate about? Yeah I think like 
for me, it's... Actually, I don't know where it comes from also. Maybe because I'm a rather active person and I always feel like, you know, I'm... As in, also maybe because I'm the kind of person who likes to, like, guide others. Mm. Or, like, when I see your potential, I want you to achieve your potential. I'll do whatever I can to help you. Great mentor. No. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, like, um, I guess, like, those two... As in, like, my passion in, like, health. As in, for my own self also. And, like, I mean, I know, like... Everybody knows health is important, right? Yes. I mean, you guys know as well. But then, like, are you guys healthy? Yeah. So, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. So it's just trying to. I don't know. I just want people to like. Ultimately, I think my life purpose is to help people to live their best lives. Mm. So like, their quality of life should be high. Like, I want to increase their quality of life, and I try to do that through increasing their health, lah. Mm. Yeah. So like, you don't spend like your later years or whatever, having a chronic disease or Mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, and not only that, but like, you know, say exercising or eating well helps you to feel better as well. And you can perform better like in terms of your work or whatever. So it's like health is like something that is underlying. It's not something that is like very, very prominent. Yeah. But like it still affects you like no matter what. It does. Yeah, it's like the moment you fall sick, you feel like super shitty. Like, Mm. oh my God, I didn't know that like... I, as in, I, I took my health for granted. Yes, you know? I yeah. agree with that. I think especially for young people, mm. they don't understand the impact of having good health. Yes. Yeah, because of course, when you when you're, I mean, when you're young, it's it's almost like it, it's it's a given, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, you only start realizing it when you start losing sleep, and a lot of people take some time to understand that that's the cause of mm. like their bad moods. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Um, behaviors. I don't want to say bad behaviors, but <laughs> their bad moods or whatever is affecting them in the day itself. Mm. Yeah. But then when you map back to what's causing it, it's usually because you're not really taking care of your health. Mm. Yeah. So that's a really really interesting, yeah. like scientific question. <laughs> is it a scientific <laughs> question? Um, social question. Mm, yeah. 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 It's like some comedian or something. He's saying that poor people spend like the most money on their health because you get like a toothache maybe Mm. and then you are poor so you don't go to the dentist and then a year later you that like maybe the rest of your teeth or something worse Mm. is happening so it's these kinds of things that people don't talk about in Singapore yeah and because in Singapore it's very much just like a very straight mindset like you have a problem you solve it they don't see the intricacies in each person's lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think a lot of the time, you know, when we design like healthcare interventions, you know, we tend to see patients as like just like numbers or like things that mm. flow through our systems. Yeah. A lot of times they're like, okay, we created this flow, mm. input comes in here, yes, this is how we're going to blah, blah, blah. And then there's the output. Yeah. And then the output, we have to map it to our KPIs, mm. right? So like, we don't really think about, okay, what's the patient's journey as, like, they are going through this entire thing, which is actually what we are trying to improve. Yeah. Yeah, but it just gets lost in, like, the, the whole kind of, I guess, the mindset and, like, all this quantitativeness yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does help um, make a system more efficient, quote-unquote, mm, efficient yeah. in some sense. It does. Yeah, but it, a lot of things are lost yes. in the process. Yes, now yes. that we've sort of learned a little bit more about you in terms of what you do, um, what about your state of mind now? Because um, I do understand from you that it's very important that you keep yourself fresh, uh, through health especially. Um, but can, could you just describe to us how you keep yourself 
in a good mental state if you feel like that's your current state of mind? Hmm. It's, let me think if I'm currently in a good mental state. <laughs> I think okay, but I've been better. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, like introspection is, mm, I guess, really important. Okay, maybe I can share a little bit. So when... In 2019, I was in Beijing. So, like, I went there for one year under this school program. Mm. And um, actually, I've had um, history of... I wouldn't say, like, depression, but depressive, like, behaviour. So, like, especially when I was there, away from my family, I really felt like my whole world is just, like, breaking down and I felt very alone. And because I was in an LDR also, my boyfriend was in San Francisco. Mm. Yeah, so it's, like... The the time difference is insane. Yeah, so I think over there, I felt like my moods were like swinging like crazy. Mm. There were some days when I was so like, uh, I was so happy and then like I would get a lot of work done and I'll be like, I'm so productive today. I feel great. And then the other days, I'm just like, I'm so tired today and I don't even want to do anything. I don't even know why I'm here. I just want to go back home. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So... And that, at that time, I was doing, like, a lot of projects. Mm. I guess, like, uh, my life is a little bit, like, I have a lot of stuff going on, like, all the time. Mm. Yeah, maybe it's just, like, my personality. But then, my friend told me, so she said, I think, you know, when, when you come back to Singapore, you should just stop doing, like, everything else and just focus on your studies and focus on yourself. Mm. Yeah, and I felt like what she said was true, lah, because I really didn't have time for myself mm. at all. Like, I used to be a very extroverted person where like I would want to meet up with friends all the time like every single day I was going out wow yeah so <clears throat> then um subsequently so when I came back to Singapore I took her advice lah. and then just nice COVID happened so mm. like I can be like oh I reject like everyone's like uh, <laughs> I cannot go, to go out, out. <laughs> yeah I can't go out I'm, I don't feel like it's safe and stuff mm. yeah but honestly for me it was more like like, I, I didn't want to take time to myself. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah, I just didn't feel like I was in a good, like, mental state. Imagine, like, feeling, like, these kinds of emotions all the time and yeah. it affects your work. Mm-hmm. And then, like, I there were some days when I didn't, I couldn't really, like, go to work. Mm-hmm. Like, I would be, like, sick. Yeah. And then I would tell my boss, like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm like, not feeling well today. And then I can't go in. I understand Yeah, that. so I didn't want to, like, do that, mm-hmm. like, um anymore so when i came back then i started to journal a lot more so i did already journal when i was in Beijing, but not so much because i was so busy so like i didn't really have the time yeah so when i came back i really started to journal so whenever i felt like i was in a rut like let's say oh you know i've i've so many things but i feel like all of them are all the balls are like all dropping on the floor like i can't do anything yeah then i would like turn to my journal and like write down what I'm feeling. Mm. So it doesn't have to be, like, anything structured or whatever. I just write whatever I'm thinking. Mm. It could be, like, I don't even know... I don't even know why I'm writing this. Like, Mm. that kind of rambly stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then through that, I actually, like, stop and then I'll read through what I have written. Mm -hmm. And then I can see, like, my negative, like, trains of thought. Mm. And then from there, I can see exactly what the core of the problem is. Like, what am I afraid of mm. usually most of the time it's like I'm afraid of something right yeah yeah maybe it's like the uncertainty or I'm afraid of rejection that's mm. why I'm like putting this thing off yeah so from there then I'll find out and then um I'll be like okay you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna face it or maybe I'll take some 
I'll take some more time to like think about it whether this is the right thing to do mm. blah, blah. and then I'll always end off like my journal post with like a to-do list <laughs> wow <laughs> with, like, productivity some, yeah. right there no it's like some actionables because like, I'm the type of person who like if we have this whole conversation and then like there's nothing that comes out of it right mm. then like what's the point of like me Understand. yeah so like I was yeah. in a sense I'm having a conversation with myself mm. right and then like what I'm gonna do about it yeah so I think from there like <clears throat> That's how I slowly, slowly journal post by journal post, you know, mm. like, like really found out what makes me tick, like what makes me triggered, mm. like what makes me whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And then from there, <clears throat> I started to realize what, yeah, la, like what, what makes me feel fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I just focus on those things while eliminating the stuff that are sucking my life away like right. doom scrolling. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I see. Yep. And then, where are you at now in terms of how, um, how that process has helped you get to where you are currently? Mm. So, okay, nowadays I journal like every single day. So like previously I only journal when I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I decided that now I'm going to be more positive. Mm. So like, now that I've gotten to a better place where like I don't feel angry all the time anymore, <laughs> I can start feeling happy and trying to see like silver linings and stuff yeah so every single day like i'll journal and consistently i will write down like um three wins in the past 24 hours Mm. and like stuff that i'm grateful for yeah yeah so and then apart from that it's also like all my feelings for the day or whatever yeah (laughs) Yeah, so i feel like nowadays it's more towards how to be more like positive Mm. and uh try to like radiate that kind of energy and like get more people <laughs> influenced also <laughs> getting like it right now <laughs> yeah. yeah so um it's more of that instead of 100% like focusing on just myself yeah. yeah so now I'm trying to like turn that um into like sharing more about like what I'm doing with others so that they can um kind of get like enlightened also in a sense yeah mm. yeah I think the I- sharing ideas is I don't know. It's a start to many things that can happen in one person's life. So, yeah, do do continue sharing things. <laughs> okay, but in the story that you told us itself, um, I think there are many things that we can talk about. Um, one thing being that you were the kind of person who, or maybe you are the kind of person who have many projects going on at mm. any one time. Yeah. How do you think that fulfills you? And what is it, like, how is it different now? I mean, you had projects Last time we had projects now, but mm. what are, what's different now? I think, um, okay, your first question on like, how does it fulfill me? Mm. Honestly, like, I'm not super sure. Like, mm. I don't know why I'm just this kind of person who like, maybe it's because I have like a lot of interest in many different things. Mm. And I don't feel like one project can fulfill every, every single aspect. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, for example, like now... Oh no, I don't know if I should say it's like I'm doing my internship, but also like on the side, I'm like working on the podcast and stuff like that. It's like two very different things, but they're all still under health, mm. you know, and they all still like fulfill like what, um, like my life mission of making others like live better, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think maybe that's why, and then just so happens that um, I'm also exposed to like people who constantly have like new projects and then mm. they will like Joe me and then I will like think and I'm like, okay yes like let's do it mm. yeah so that's that and then sorry your second question um <laughs> yeah you have a lot of projects going on at every point of your life 
So what's different from oh, yeah, the yeah, previous yeah. time as compared to now? Because you were not in a best place mm. last time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think nowadays, like um, ever since I came back, I started saying no, mm. like a lot more. So I used to be the kind of person who is like yes to everything because you know they tell you when you're young you shouldn't say no like Mm. you should just say yes and just learn as much as possible which I think maybe I agree to a certain extent like exposure is good Mm. but once you know like certain things you know whenever you do it you kind of resent yourself for doing it then Mm. like don't do it anymore yeah yeah so I think that process of like introspection helped me to figure out what to say no to Mm -hmm. and then now if like I mean, there are people who do still ask me to join certain projects and I have to say no sometimes because I just know that if I don't, if I do take it up, then like the quality of my other projects will suffer or like I won't have enough time for myself and that makes everything like worse Mm. because I cannot give my all. Mm. So I think it's like, um, I guess like my values have kind of changed and like through the understanding of like myself and how I work, Mm. I kind of like tailor like um, yeah like what I say yes to and what I say no to mm-hmm. and then even within like these projects like what to what to focus on as yeah. well yeah mm-hmm. the other thing that stood out about your story is how you you attach reflection with actionables mm. um, I don't think that that's very common because people do encourage introspection but they don't really like put it in the same page where oh you need to tie it to what you're going to do next. Mm. Yeah. Um, when you when did you discover that this was something important for you to do? Or was it always that you, don't, you are the kind of person who knows that actions sort of bring you somewhere? Yeah, I think it's more of the latter. Mm. Yeah, I'm very, I'm a very, very practical person mm. and like a go-getter. So like, I make lots and lots of to-do lists. Like every single day, I'll make a to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Like I mentioned just now, you know, when I do a reflection and now I know what's the problem, I actually can't just be like, okay, I'm not going to do anything about it. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, actually, I don't know if it makes sense to others, but for me, it's just a logical progression. It's Mm. like, you know, the problem and then what's the solution and Mm. then execute the solution. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just more of like that kind of person. And also, I don't want to live with like my, that anxiety that I was feeling at that time. So of course... I want to take steps to remove it ASAP. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think mm. that's maybe like the reason why mm. I end up making this. Mm. Or maybe it just helps me to feel better also. Cause it's like, okay, I'm 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 like I'm carving out the steps and I'm gonna walk like this path and now yeah. I know what it is. Instead yeah. of just like if you didn't if you didn't even like write it down in the first place, it's all like in your head. Yeah, yeah, like it's you messy. can't yeah, it's super messy and then you still end up like at square one actually. Mm. Yeah. I feel like with some people, and it happened to me also um, with like depression and anxiety, why they don't make that change, like even if they are aware, they don't make that change, it's because they are so comfortable in their depression already. Oh my gosh, I, I, I understand that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but go on, please elaborate. <laughs> oh, that's Sorry. my point. <laughs> oh. But I, I yeah. do agree. Um, I think people do find comfort in pain sometimes. Yes, because I it's, agree. It's a nice space to be in. It's mm. nice to... I don't know, not feel like you have to move Mm. sometimes, Mm. yeah. Which is a little bit upsetting because it does stem from like a a sad place. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Uh, But I I really want to go backwards in your life because um, I know that you struggled with perfectionism. Mm. So I struggled with perfectionism. And one thing that you did that 
I did a lot when I was younger was rewrite my homework over and over and over again yeah. until I'm okay with my handwriting. Mm. So it was pretty bad, to be honest. Yeah. Um, what was that experience like for you? I think, you know, as in, I, I haven't gotten rid of my perfectionism. It's always like a work in progress, so I'll say that first. But like, I think, uh, as in, it kind of dawned on me only when I started uh, reading more books. Lah. Mm. Yeah, because I, I didn't really realise that like perfectionism is such a huge issue, you know. I've always like, um, been proud of being a perfectionist you know mm. I remember still like going for uh, school like interviews and job interviews being like I'm a perfectionist like it's a strength but I think like nowadays you know it's like um, people know that it's it's like a double-edged sword lah. yeah so um, where am I going with this <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your question hey, again what like, was experience what like being experience? a perfectionist I think it's just super it's like, you will never ever be perfect. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just keep trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing and it's, like, crippling. It is. Yeah, like, I don't know, like, it is never enough. Like, it's never enough. last time when I was a, when I was much younger, right, like, even if I got a really, really good score, like, if I got, like, maybe, like, 95 or mm-hmm. something, 100, my parents would still be like, oh, like, you didn't get 100, Mm. So, like, that's not good enough. I mean, like, you know, I think that stems from, like, a place of good intentions. Mm. But, like, I believe that, like, parents and teachers and authoritative figures also need to learn how to communicate this better. I, la. I, yeah. yeah. As in, and also, like, us, you know, like, as we're talking to one another, mm. like, talking to our friends, we, like, kind of subconsciously perpetuate all these, like, social norms as yeah, well. We yeah, so I think for me, it was just a very... I don't know, it was just very, very frustrating and, like, always made me feel like a failure lah. And then only after I kind of just, like, stopped, I was just like, I don't care. Like, I'm just going to be myself. Like, that's... It was, like, super-duper liberating. Yeah, but I think it's always, like, what I said, a work in progress because there will always be people who will find fault in, like, what you do. And it's painful, especially if those people are, like, the people closest to you, yeah. like let's say your parents, yeah, or like your spouse or whatever, like mm-hmm. partner, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just, uh, I don't know, like something that needs to be talked about mm-hmm. more. But I mean, I myself, I also don't have all the answers, uh, yeah. yeah, it's an extremely difficult experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like yourself, it also stems from my childhood, mm-hmm. um, and I do understand that it comes from a good from a good place. I think that's also the confusing part because yes. your experience with what a parent is doing to you does not feel like it's, com- it's coming from a good place. Mm. Even though when you grow up, you realise that they're just doing it for yes. you. Yeah, but at that point of time, as a child, you didn't understand that. Um, my parents weren't so um, particular about my grades, but it was really about how I was doing things. So, mm. um, so one of my parents, my parents... Um, yeah, they are quite particular with how I how I did things. Uh, like for example, how I kept wires, mm. how I um, sliced open an orange, mm. and they would always tell me, "You're doing this wrong." Yeah. So as a child, I just felt like, why is it that nothing and nothing I'm doing is okay? Yeah. And then that that mindset like stayed with me for a very very long yes. time. And it's super super heavy, mm. you know, because you always feel like you need to do something more. Yeah. Yeah, and then 
you sort of look outside yourself to try to find something that gives you like a validation, you know. Mm. Yeah, and it's never enough. I totally yeah, understand. It is painful to yeah, be honest. It is yeah. never ever ever enough. And it's like sometimes I just wonder like why can't you just give me love? Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like unconditional love. Why must you only give me love when I slice the orange right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I understand. Yeah. I understand. But yeah, um, it is definitely something that should be talked about because it's very attached to mm. the Asian culture. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's the way expectations are being communicated. Mm. Mm. I think, like, yeah, also for the parents, like, they themselves, they might have, like, perfect, perfectionist, like, nature also. Mm. And that may have been instilled in them by their parents yeah. and, like, society and yeah. stuff. And I think, you know, uh, did you grow up in Singapore? I did. Yeah, so, like, Especially in in Singapore where, you know, we're still so young. Like, the country's still so young but has gone through such rapid development, right? Mm. Each generation's experience is, like, totally different. different. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so I think there's a lot of stuff that's, like, lost in translation because, like, the mindsets are just, like, crazy different. And then, Mm. like, us with, like, technology now, you know, it's, like, super different from them. Yeah, where they had to, like, hustle for everything. And all, like, grandparents also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where they're coming from to be honest yes. because it was difficult for them to like find a place to survive and then they expect their children to be able to know how to survive mm. and I guess that the anxiety around like having their children be ready for life is just makes them manifest in that manner yes like, yeah ouch <laughs> <laughs> um, um, other than just letting go like attempting to let go of perfectionism like how do you manage perfectionism now or does it still Mm. haunt you to this day (laughs) i think um okay i'm currently listening to this book by greg mccone i think that's his name it's called essentialism Mm. and so it's essentialism the disciplined pursuit of less okay yeah so i think you know um Nowadays, I mean, I still struggle with perfectionism at work when the boss gives me, like, something to do. I want to do it to the best of my ability because, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that's what I can do. I Actually, I, I don't know. You know, like, you have this, like, <laughs> false impression that you can, you're, like, superwoman and can do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have this, like, idea of, like, the end result. But then, like, nowadays, I start to, as in, as in listening to the book, yeah. I kind of try to distill what are the very, very key components that I need to focus on. Mm. Everything else is just frills like Mm. let's say the powerpoint presentation doesn't have to look perfect Mm. right like it's the content that matters the most and how you deliver it Mm. that's the thing that you should be focusing on so instead of like focusing on everything i just like spend time on the most important parts and then just have the mindset that like you know it's not perfect but i'm open to feedback Mm. so like i will create like a very rough draft and I'll be like hey okay this is what I've done mm. up so far like what do you think about it yeah. and then from there you just iterate I think there's something that I also learned when I went on NOC so the N- NUS Overseas Colleges program mm. whereby I worked in startups and I learned about like how startups work so in startups you always have to like you just iterate a lot mm. right so the best is to just like put a product out into the market and then from there you just see how to improve it and you just yeah. keep going mm. instead of like spending like five years on one product and then you put it out and it's like a complete like it's like hit or miss and it's mm. all or nothing you just do it like slowly yeah and then eventually you actually get a very good result as compared to like um 
putting like all your eggs in one basket mm. yeah so mm. like nowadays like I kind of do that instead like being more open to feedback mm. and I wouldn't like say it's like failures or anything and like I wouldn't even say it's like mistakes mm. yeah I mean, like, people can say it's mistakes, and I actually think that's totally fine. Like, everyone mm. makes mistakes, like, it's totally normal. Mm. Yeah, but ultimately, you know, the goal is to, like, um, for example, like, a job, like, you want to contribute um, to the company in the best way possible. Mm. As long as your goal is always that, right, then, yeah. like, it's fine. Yeah, and I think your boss will see it, lah, as mm. well. Yeah, so that's how I'm kind of, like, dealing with it today. Just, yeah. like, not thinking so much about doing it and not spending so much time on, like, the frills, but only mm. focusing on what's important and then iterating. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also me right now, just realising that mm. I am a work in progress mm. and just focusing on the task at hand. Because sometimes when you look at the big picture and you have a vision for what you want to do, yeah. you, you feel like it's sort of impossible to get mm. and you feel some anxiety in wanting to reach that vision. Yeah. But then if you just focus on what you can do on this day, and asking people for feedback. Um, I think that honestly really, really helps. Yeah. Yeah. And also not being afraid that a thing is incomplete for people to see it. Mm. Yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, um, something when it receives feedback can become a better product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's Mm. that's how we're dealing with it right now. (laughs) (laughs) I can't really relate to perfectionism, I suppose, because it's not really my style of doing things. Mm -hmm. But I do have experiences with like obviously my parents and Mm. stuff where they want a certain thing from me they expect a certain thing from me Mm. uh i don't know how to say this but guess kind of got used to being a disappointment no just kidding are you sure you're just kidding about that (laughs) no i'm just joking but yeah i think it's important because i see this trait in a lot of people in singapore yeah a lot of my friends are like this yeah so Mm. they're very like high strung Mm. wired people yes yeah you're working with one right now <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> but I mean it's like both good and bad cause like this is how you can get people who are like really really good at what they do you know mm. hone their talents but then like is it worth it when you actually look at like in terms of like their mental health and stuff like that yeah mm, that's a question to be asked <laughs> <laughs> okay but um, right now Going back to that story you told us, you were from NOC and then your friend told you that you need to take a break. Mm. Um, and then you started focusing a, little, a lot more on yourself. Mm. What did you find was important to you other than work to help nourish you as a person? Mm. So like when I came back, I really focused on like my family. Mm. Yeah, because like, uh, maybe you can tell, but I didn't have like a good relationship with my family members mm. like at all. Like, I hated my parents to the core. Even though they... Now I see that they love me, like, a lot. Mm. But I just hated it. Like, I hated all, always... I You know, I actually felt like the house is, like, a prison. Mm. And I felt like a prisoner, mm. like a criminal. So I kind of felt like I was a criminal. But then, like, when I came back... Okay, uh, my parents had a bad relationship with one another as well. But then, subsequently, um, I think when I was in Beijing, like their relationship just suddenly got, like, a lot better. Wow. Yeah, so, like, it was really, really nice to come back to a family that is, like, whole. I understand. Yeah, and, like, loving to one another. And I think it's also because I was away. So, like, they really wanted to, like, care for me and stuff like that. Yeah, so I really tried to, like, build 
um, relationships with them because like I mentioned I wasn't at home like a lot of the time so I actually don't know like a lot about like my siblings or like my parents yeah and then like because COVID so you can't actually like go yeah. out anyway yeah so we're all together yeah so I just kind of like focused on my family myself and um, studies lah yeah, and, and actually, like, figuring out what I wanted to do in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was, like, a huge, like, question mark that I that I needed to, like, um, fulfill. Because, like, if not, I would have, as in, I would graduate and I don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, family, um, what about interests outside of your work? Like, what do you work on? What are my interests, ah? Uh? Hmm. Okay, I read. So mm. I started like reading a lot. My friend actually got me a Kindle like uh, as for oh. my birthday present when I was in Beijing, but I just didn't use it until I got back to Singapore. So I started reading like a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um I also bake. So I start I'm one of those people who like during the circuit breaker started baking and I really loved it cuz I think if you saw my blog post like I learned a lot of things from baking. Mm. Yeah, like, um, both, like, as a scientist, but also in terms of, like, personal development and how we should be thinking about things, you know. Mm. Seeing it, like, baking is, like, a tangible process that you can mm. see. Yeah, so it's very different from, like, a lot of stuff that we do that is in our heads. Yeah. Yeah, so I really like that. Apart from that, I also, like, run and, like, cycle. Mm. Yeah, so, like, just basically get active, lah. Just the mm. usual stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we... I think it's quite apparent that you have quite a balanced life. Mm. Um, you do a lot of things that give you um, some some form of fulfillment outside of your work. And within work itself, you have many other projects that mm. you do that give, that, mm, that develops you differently, I guess. Mm. Um, which I think sometimes people feel like it's not possible because they have one job and that one job con- consumes them. Yeah. And then they feel like, oh, I have no time for other, yeah. every other thing. Uh, which is a common mindset, right? Yes. Especially as young adults or maybe mm. as adults even. Yeah. Um, yeah. How would you advise someone who don't think that it's possible to work 100% and also like, enjoy 100%? Hmm. First, go and read Tim Ferriss' book. Oh, the I love him. work week. <laughs> yeah, then you will know that it's possible. I think mm. the first thing you need to change is your mindset, lah, that it's not possible. Mm. Yeah, because like, it definitely is. We know lots of people like that, actually, yeah. right? You know lots of people who are actually, like, living their best life and you're always just like, I don't know how they do it. It's like they're this unicorn that, like, is mm-hmm. unreachable, but there are evidence that it's, it's, it's like, possible. Yeah, so you can be one of them, too, is, like, the first thing. Yeah. And then, like, secondly, is to really find out what you want to do with your life. Mm. Yeah, like, what is important to you? You know, mm. lots of people say that at the end of their life, you know, the, you know, like, on your deathbed, and then there's this study that says, like, a lot of people's wishes is that they they were themselves more and they didn't work so much. Yeah. Yeah. And they had spent more time with their family. Mm. So, like, let's say, okay, not to be morbid, but if you were to die tomorrow, what are your biggest regrets, yeah. right? And, like, try to work on those things, lah. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, find out what is important to you. And then, I believe, of course, like, you have to, um, well, like, contribute to the human race in some way, which mm. is work, right? Like, mm. we call it work. But then, like, I think a lot of people just do a job to get money. Mm. Yeah, and that is a big no-no, like, for me. Mm. So, like, try to find out what is your life purpose, what do you want to do? 
let's say now you are, I don't know how many years old, let's say live to 80-something, which is like Singapore's life expectancy. Yeah. Yeah, then how the next, for me, like 60 years, what do I want to do in my life? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, don't have to plan like nitty-gritty, la, of course, but mm. just a general direction. And then make sure everything you do fits in that and like fits with your values. Yeah. I think that's how you can make sure that you live a life that... Um, I, I guess, like, fulfills you. Mm. But in terms of balance, like, it really depends, la, like, on different people's values. La, like, yeah. I value the family and my health. But then there are people who value, like, their jobs, like, a lot yeah. because of, let's say, like, the contribution to the world or whatever, which is yeah. totally understandable. Yeah. Then, like, that may not seem balanced, but to them, like, yeah. that is what fulfills them. Yeah. Yeah, so, I would, that's my advice, la. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe we can end this conversation with one discussion. That is, uh, you put out the idea that we need to understand our purpose in life to help us guide our decisions. Mm. But that's a very big idea. Like, yes. How do we find our purpose in life? Because <laughs> everyone wants to find that, you yes, know. <laughs> I'm sure. But um, yeah, maybe we can discuss a little bit about mm. some of the ways we can do that. Sure. Yeah, I think maybe I can start. I personally believe in um, exposure to different ideas, different activities. Mm. So I think in each thing that you try, you start to discover a little bit about what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy, which I think everyone would know, right? Mm. Um, yeah, what other ideas do you guys think is would be fun uh, for people? I think one of that is that also. I think that's something that I'm doing right now mm. um, with like trying a lot of different activities like doing this podcast and roller skating which then became a problem for a while but then yeah. it wasn't um yeah i don't really know what else because i think i'm trying to figure out mm. my own purpose um so for me it's still like a journey of discovery yeah yeah, yeah. maybe i can share like a story like like an experience of mine that i felt was a bit life-changing so yeah. like when i came back to singapore I tried to apply for this job at this science communication company. Mm. And the CEO is someone who I respect a lot because she has like a PhD and like she, as in her PhD was from MIT, I think. Mm. She went to Cambridge for her bachelor's and stuff like that. So then after that, she came back to Singapore then. So I interviewed with her and then she told me something that was like a huge slap in the face, Oof. which was like, kid, you know, I see your resume you seem like a very high-performing person, but you're all over the place. Like, I don't know what you you want to do mm. with your life, and it's very obvious. And oh, I don't think, oh. like, this is the place for you. Like, seeing... I don't know, like, as in, not, not that I was messy or whatever, but, like, knowing me and her experience in the industry, the company wasn't right. So she advised me that I should go and find out what I want to do, mm. and then just keep, like, hitting like that spot right mm. yeah and then eventually i'll go really deep mm. so instead of just like going like broad mm. just like find your niche basically mm. so you know at the end of that interview i was shaking so much yeah. like i was i was like on the brink of tears because like uh i was still trying to keep it cool and stuff but i was like oh my god like holy shit she just like like basically like called you out yeah. In a sense, yeah and then i went to the toilet you know like mm. at her office yeah, I kind of just cried. Mm. And then after that, I told myself that, yeah, I need to find out what my life purpose is. Mm. So what I did was like, 
I went to go in and oh um also like I read this book by Angela Duckworth called Grit. Mm. Inside she has this um chapter called purpose I think mm. or passion yeah so she does talk a little bit about the psychology behind all these things so mm. like um, I would recommend that you read that for like a more uh, scientifically uh, backed <laughs> kind of explanation sure. yeah but for me it was also I guess the exposure I looked at what I really enjoyed doing mm. like what is it that makes me tick yeah you know like if I were to do this thing for the rest of my life would I ever get bored mm. and then I realized that you know that I, I really, really enjoy learning how, as in observing how people behave mm. and try to find out what makes them tick. Mm. Yeah, so maybe that's why, like, um, I'm good at doing it to myself mm. also. Yeah, so, like, that's... Uh, so, like, behaviour was, like, one mm. thing. Yeah. And then after that, I'm like, okay, you know what? Like, why don't I marry it with, like, my formal training, which is in the sciences, right? Mm. Yeah, but, like, in terms of health, lah, because... I told you, like, health is very important to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I cannot understand why people won't take care of their health. <laughs> yeah, so therefore I was like, okay, you know, health behavior is something that I want to go into. So that's kind of how I did it. It sounds very simple when I say it like that. Mm. It took me months and months to, like, find find that out. Yeah, and, like, at the beginning, you know, when you try to find what you want to do, like, the field you want to go into, mm. you may not even have like came across it before but I didn't even know this um field existed yeah because I just never read about it mm. yeah but through like okay you know now I know my interest is in behavior then I read more about it I go and search like jobs related to this blah yeah. blah blah yeah then I can find out like a lot more yeah and then like from there I know what my direction yeah. is yeah mm. and I think it's um, I wouldn't say it's always changing, but like as in the the like the axiom is like always the same. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I mean, I would recommend that maybe you can do that mm. as well. Like basically, just to as in exposure is good. Yeah. I'm lucky because I I kind of exposed myself to like a lot of different things, which made me seem very messy actually. Like to At the first. outsider. Mm. Yeah. But from there, then I really found out like what I wanted to do. Yeah. Now. Yeah. So I would say that exposure is important, but it has to be coupled with like that reflection mm, in definitely. terms of like what um is what actually really really interests you. Yeah. And then subsequently after that, like how can I make a career out of this also? Because I think career is also like important. You know, mm, you definitely yeah. want to feed your family, and you want to perhaps join an organization or build an organization that has wide impact. Right. Yeah. 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 I. I... I really like that because you're, you're right, as in it's not just exposure, it's looking back at what you, at everything you did and yes. looking at the patterns. Mm. Like, what is it that I want to go towards? And then at, at a certain point, you do have to start thinking about how you need to specialize. I'm not saying that the, special, the specialist um, is it behavior, um, because the specialist and generalist, okay, right? Yeah. Um, it, it, we don't actually know whether like specialist or generalist is like the mm, better one. No, actually, I think like both of them have pros and cons. Yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah, it really depends, lah. Like yeah. for specialist and generalist, it depends on your field. So mm. like, let's say if maybe if you're a consultant, it's better to be a generalist, mm. or like if you are a researcher or if you want to be a very credible person, then of course you have to be a specialist. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So like it, I think it really depends, lah. No it does depend. one is like. Yeah 
better than the other all the time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And everyone wants different things in our life. Yeah. Anyway. Mm. yeah. Okay. But um, I really enjoyed our conversation today. Kids podcast Heart to Health Talk has also been released recently where the youth discuss health issues that are under the surface. So go check them out. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode of An Open Invitation. Join us next week for another episode. You can find us on AOIPodSG on Instagram or Twitter. That is AOIPODSG. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. If you or anyone you know has a story to share, reach out to us at aoipodcast at gmail.com. That is aoipodcast at gmail.com.